you are listening to the Sermon Audio Podcast from Heights Baptist Church in Alvin, Texas. For more information about our church, you can find us at heightschurch.org. Welcome. My name is Lee, and I'm the lead pastor here at Heights, and we want to thank you for worshiping with us this morning. You know, as we continue as a church worshiping off campus uh, in our various locations, uh, I want to encourage you not to just simply be a viewer of our worship services, uh, but to engage in worship where you are. So maybe that means standing up and singing the songs in your living room. Uh, When we open our Bibles to read, open your Bible, maybe take some sermon notes, pray when we pray. And uh, we want to thank you for continuing to worship with us. You know, if you're new with us, maybe this is your first time, second time, third time. If you've never connected with us, we would love to connect with you. Uh, so there's ways you can do that. Uh, you can, in the post uh, here, there's a description that says connect, and you can click that link and uh, fill that out, or you can go to heightschurch.org slash connect. There, we're just going to simply ask for your name, email, and phone number, And uh, we'll be following up with you, see how we can pray for you, see if there's a way we can serve you, answer any questions uh, that you might have during this time. We would greatly uh, desire to connect with you. And so this morning, if you already haven't done so, for everybody out there watching, maybe say hello, good morning, good to see you. Let's have a time of greeting each other uh, there in the comments section. You know, this past week... um, We've been reading through 1 Thessalonians as a church. And uh, in the post, there's going to be a a link for a Bible reading plan. If you're looking for a way to start reading your Bible, we've been reading through the letters of Paul in the New Testament. And you can just simply click that link and start where we are in the plan. But we are reading through 1 Thessalonians as a church. And uh, in chapter 2, verse 17, what Paul wrote there really spoke to me. And it it just made me pause and want to pray for our church. And I just want to read that verse to you this morning as we get started. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 17, Paul says, But since we were torn away from you, brothers, for a short time, in person, not in heart, we endeavor the more eagerly and with great desire to see you face to face. You know, Paul had a separation from the church in Thessalonica where he couldn't be there together with them physically for a time. But their hearts were still together. They were still together as one in the body of Christ. Right now as a church, we are physically having to be distant from one another. But I want to remind you uh, that our church is not closed by any stretch of the imagination. We are still together and we have this longing within each one of us, as I do in my heart, to see you face to face again here on campus. And so what I'm going to ask you to do is to continue to pray. I I sincerely thank you. Many of you have texted and emailed. And when I've seen you, you've said, we are praying for you. We are praying for the staff. We're praying for our church. Thank you so much for that. Uh, This past week, I formed a transition team of six individuals in our church that's going to help map out a plan for how we return to campus and how we're going to be able to do that over the next several months. And of course, right now, uh, we don't know when that's going to be, but we're already in the planning stages for when that day is going to come. And so I pray, and I'm going to ask you to pray, 
uh, for that team as we continue to discuss the many ways that when the day comes, we can return back here safely uh, here on campus to worship together and to see one another face to face. And so let me pray this morning as we get started. Father God, I, I thank you for the morning that we get to worship you. Lord, I thank you for the evenings we get to worship you and the, and the days we get to worship you. Father, uh, whenever folks are viewing our service and worshiping along, we, we pray that it's going to be a, a sweet time of worship within their family. And Lord, I pray this today that um, you will, you'll bless our time in the word. Lord, that we will see you and love you for who you are and, and how the word reveals you as the almighty God. And so, Lord, I pray today that we remember that you are, are greater than our problems. You are greater than our worries. You're greater than our anxieties and our fears. And Lord, I pray that as we are adjusting to our new normal of life, you remind us who we are as your people. And so, Lord, as I'm preaching from your word today, I I desperately need the help of the Holy Spirit. And I pray that he will communicate to me and through me to others and that we will receive your word with joy and gladness in our hearts, ready to obey. In Christ's name, amen and amen. You know, there's a phrase that you've probably heard more and more on the media now. Uh, Welcome to your new normal. You know, because right now we're living out a new normal. You know, if you think about all the things you could do in January and February that you can't do now, hadn't a lot changed? I mean, was it me or did March feel like we went through a year in just a month? I mean, March felt like the longest month ever because we were constantly adjusting to changes and we're still constantly adjusting to changes. We're in a new normal. I mean, just think of some of the things you could do back in January and February that you can't do now. You know, if we tried to list all those out, I know that would take a long time, but but let me summarize a, a few of them for you. You know, again, who would have thought Back in January and February, this would have been like gold in our society right now. You know, it was always so easy back in those months just to go to the grocery store if, or HEB or Target or Walmart and, man, need a pack of toilet paper. I'll just grab them. They'll have plenty. But don't you still feel like when you come home with a roll and, and a pack of toilet paper right now that you accomplish something big in your house? I mean, you go out to the grocery store right now and they've got a four pack of toilet paper and you come home. I mean, as a parent, you're like, gather around kids, you know, see what dad has done today. See what mom accomplished. We grabbed some toilet paper, right? I mean, for hunters out there, you take pictures of the biggest deer that you've ever shot. I'm waiting for some selfies of people like, ha ha, look what I found today. This is our new normal. We're on the search for toilet paper. How about this? We wouldn't have thought of this. Blue tape. Isn't this a new normal? Everywhere we go. Home Depot, Target, Walmart, HEB, Kroger, whatever retail store we've got to go to, we've got to stand behind the blue tape. Six feet. I put six feet behind you. Keep behind the blue tape. I got in trouble uh, the other day at Dollar General uh, because I 
I violated the blue tape rule. I didn't, I wasn't paying attention and was going for the cooler with the Dr. Pepper and I took two steps over the line and cashier said, sir, 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 back up, back up, stand behind the blue tape. You got to give six feet, you know, to the next customer. I say, okay, sorry. I was just grabbing a Dr. Pepper. No problem. Blue tape. We're seeing it everywhere. Everywhere on the floor we go. How about this part of our new normal? When you go to your favorite restaurant right now and can't eat out or can't eat in, you got to take it out. You know, your, your new normal is, is maybe going to that restaurant and, and coming home with this and eating out of this. And here's the thing we've got to understand about a new normal. See, when you come into a new normal, the old's gone. You, you don't get January back. You don't get February back. You're now living a new normal. And right now you're still adjusting to that probably. You know, you're you're working from home instead of going to an office. You know, for kids, they're still adjusting that. They're not going to school, they're doing school at home. Maybe for some of you as athletes, you were in the middle of a sports season that just stopped all of a sudden. You're adjusting to what that feels like. So how are you doing in your new normal? How are you doing? Are you worried? Are you anxious? Are you stressed? Are you tired? Are, are you wondering, when in the world is this going to end? I'd say I feel all of those things. I go through all that in a week, sometimes a day, right? Anxiety, stress, worry, tiredness. You know, just, just being done. Not being able to go where I want to go. I mean, am I the only one who right now wants to go places that I would never go, but since I've been told I can't go, I want to go? Right? And just our minds are right now to the point, I think, where we're thinking, when's this done? When are these restrictions going to lift? When do we get back to life? Well, see, I'll, I'll let you know, here's our new normal right now. And so what we're doing this morning is we're starting a series called The New Normal. Remembering who we are as the people of God. See, because I believe it's such a key time, not only in the life of our church, but in our lives as the people of God to get back to the basics, to say as culture has changed all around us, that we are still the people of God. And and who are we as the people of God as we're living in this new normal? And so if you've got a Bible with you, I'm going to invite you to turn it on or maybe to open Uh, to the book of Acts and to chapter 1. And what we're going to be doing over the next several weeks is moving through the first five chapters of the book of Acts, looking at the new normal, remembering who we are. Essentially just getting back to the basics of remembering who we are as the people of God. You know, the book of Acts is really the first volume of church history. It's an amazing book, 28 chapters, of how the Holy Spirit energized and moved the gospel out through the early Christians. And the book of Acts really covers a 30-year span of history, uh, from the 30s A.D. to 60 A.D.s. And, and right in those 30 years, you had a small group of apostles at first that then took the gospel out and it spread like wildfire. And so by the 60 AD mark, you have pretty much the gospel all throughout the Roman Empire because the Holy Spirit worked. And you know, for them, they were adjusting to a new normal. 
and they had to learn who they were as the people of God, just like I need to be reminded and you need to be reminded today. So there's two truths I really want to go over today and call you to remind them, remember them in your life. Number one, I want you to remember your identity in Jesus. I want you to remember your identity in Jesus. And secondly, I want you to remember your mission in Jesus. Remember your identity and remember your mission. Let's pick up in Acts chapter 1 and verse 1. Luke writes in the first book, O Theopolis, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up. And after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen, he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during the 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. See, this was their new normal. I mean, think about it for a moment. You had these disciples that followed Jesus. They had been following Jesus for three years. They were closely associated with him. And so wherever Jesus went, they went. When Jesus was preaching, they were in the audience. They heard him. You know, when they were in the boat, there was a time Jesus walked out on water. They saw him. You know, they were there when he opened up the eyes of a blind man so he could see. They were there when there were times uh, a person who could not walk, Jesus said, rise up and walk. They were there when Jesus cast out demons from someone. They were there and helped pass out the food when Jesus took a few loaves of bread and a few fish and multiplied them and fed over 5,000 people. And here they are post-crucifixion of Jesus, post-resurrection, what we celebrated last week, Easter, the return of Jesus, the rise of Jesus, And now they're in this period of time, Luke tells us in the first uh, three verses there, that it's 40 days between the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus Christ. So in Acts chapter 1, kind of pick it up in verse 9 and following, you're going to have Jesus that's going to ascend to the Father, where he is still today, sitting at God's right hand, waiting to come back. And can I get an amen that we're ready for Jesus to come back? But they're there in that 40-day period. See, it's a new life for them. It's a new normal. They don't have Jesus around all the time anymore. But I want you to notice something in verse 2 that I believe we can apply to ourselves. Because notice what Luke writes in verse 2. He says, until the day he was taken up. That means the ascension of Jesus. After he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had what? Chosen. If you think about it in the Gospels, it's Jesus that chooses the disciples first. The disciples don't choose Jesus first. Jesus comes to them and says, I want you to follow me. Well, they still had to say, yes, yes, I'll follow you. And I want you to think about it this way and apply that chosen part of verse 2 into your life. That the Bible would teach us this, that salvation is the work of God from beginning to end that you are chosen in salvation, that God pursues you, that God comes after you, and God says, I desire for you to be saved. Here's how you're saved. Place your faith in my son, Jesus Christ. Now, that decision's still yours. You still have to say yes, because the Bible would teach us this. In Ephesians chapter 2, in verse 1, and you are dead in your trespasses and sins. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. 
That means because I sin in my life that I earn spiritual death. You sin, you earn spiritual death. We are dead in sin. There's no spiritual life. But notice Ephesians 2, verses 4 and 5. But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love for us, even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. Did you notice that? When you were dead in your sin, it's God that made you alive together in Christ. Do you know something? Dead people can't make themselves alive. They're dead. But it's God who comes into our life and says, I want to make you alive. I'm choosing you for salvation. And the role you play in that is to simply say yes to Jesus. And when you say yes to Jesus Christ, now you're a follower of his. And verse 2 reminds you, your identity is in Jesus. The God of this universe chose you to be a follower of his. But I want you to see not only your identity, but I want you to remember your purpose, your mission. Remember your mission this morning that Jesus gives us the purpose you have in Christ. Let's pick up in verse 4 in the text. It says, And while they were staying with Jesus, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Which you have said, You've heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when, you, when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time to restore the kingdom of Israel? Verse 6 says. And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed upon his own authority. Verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. There's a word in verse 4 that I don't like. Can you guess what it is? When you look at verse 4, you probably find a word in there you don't like. It's a word that we struggle with in a culture where we want everything instantly. It's a small word in verse 4, but it's a powerful word, and it's a hard word to swallow when you say it. Wait. Right? We don't want to wait. We want everything now. In waiting hard? I mean, right now, we are waiting for restrictions to lift. We are waiting not to have to stand behind blue tape at the grocery store. We're waiting to be able to eat in again at our favorite restaurant. We're waiting for sports to come back. We're waiting to be able to go back to the movie theater. We're waiting to come back on campus to worship together face to face. Waiting is hard, and we don't like to do it. Jesus told them, wait. You're to wait right now for the promise of the Holy Spirit to come. You know what I've learned about waiting? Is waiting is some of the greatest times to build your faith. Because it's in the waiting period that you're learning to trust God afresh and anew. It's in the waiting period that you're having to learn to submit yourself to God's timeline, not yours. Because remember what they asked God? Hey, Jesus, is this the time you're going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Jesus, is now the time? Is now the time? No, 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 Jesus says. I don't want you to worry about those things. We got that all under control. 
God's got a plan. I want you to wait. And then when the Holy Spirit comes, I want you to do something. And so when you and I are waiting on God to answer that prayer request, we're waiting on God as we're praying for him to move in the life of someone else. We're waiting on God. That's the moment in time where we're submitting ourselves to his authority in our lives. We're submitting ourselves to his timeline. And Jesus says in verse 8, you have a purpose. Remember, your identity is in Christ and your purpose is in Christ. He says there's coming a point where the Holy Spirit is going to baptize you. You're going to be immersed in the Holy Spirit, verse 5 says. And that was, took place at Pentecost, which is, we're going to look at next week in chapter 2. But the Bible in the New Testament would teach us this, that as believers in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is in you. That the Holy Spirit is in your life. You possess the Holy Spirit. Or maybe I should ask it this way. Does the Holy Spirit possess you? Have you yielded your life to the Holy Spirit's control? Because here's what happens, verse 8. As Jesus says, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, what's going to happen? You're going to receive what? Power. You're going to have divine power. The power of the Holy Spirit is going to be in you. And here's your purpose. You're going to receive power, and you're going to be my witnesses, Jesus says. See, what God calls you to do, God's going to equip you to do. Now, I know what some of you are are thinking right now, as you're probably thinking, there's no way I can be a witness for Jesus. I mean, that's what he says. You're going to be a, a witness for me. You're going to witness for me because you're going to have power to be able to do it. And you're thinking, no, 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 I can't witness. You know, you witness every day. You witness all the time. I mean, if you're on Facebook and a friend says, look, I binge watched this Netflix show and I need another recommendation. And you comment, hey, I just watched this show. It's a great show. You witness to that friend about the Netflix show. Maybe somebody says, look, I I mean, you know, I've got more time on my hands to read. I've been moving through a bunch of books, need some book recommendations. Oh, you know what? I read this book. Guess what you witnessed about that book? See, a witness is when you see something, you hear something, you experience something, you tell someone something, right? That's, that's being a witness. You have told what you have seen and what you've heard and what you've experienced. We do this all the time, every day. Maybe you go to the grocery store, you come home and you witness to your spouse what you saw. <laughs> I did this the other uh, last week. I'm, as you make our grocery store run at the end of the week, and uh, I was there in the produce and getting some produce out and struggling with the little bags now. You know, I have my mask on, and, and I was trying to get the little bag open to put the cucumbers in, and I realized, man, I can't, can't you know, blow on the bag because I got my mask on. I didn't want to take my mask off to blow on the bag and yada, yada. And so I was like, ah, can't figure out the bag. So just put the bag down, put the cucumbers in the, in the cart. But a lady next to me, I kid you not, had gloves on, mask on, took her mask off, then she scratched her nose and put her mask back on. I just kind of sat there. I was like, oh, goodness. So I got home and I said, Sandra, you're not going to believe this. This is what I saw at the grocery store. I, I gave a witness. Now, I know when we talk about witnessing for Jesus and you're telling someone of your faith, there's a lot of times we go, there's no way I can do that. God can't use someone like me. Well, let me remind you about some people that God used in the Bible. See, Abraham was too old. 
Joseph was abused. The Bible would say Moses had a stuttering problem. Gideon was afraid. Leah was her husband's second choice. Elijah was suicidal. Job went bankrupt. Mary was a teenager. Zacchaeus was too small. Martha had her priorities way off. And oh yeah, Lazarus? Well, when God used Lazarus, guess what he was? He was dead. (laughs) If God can use all those folks, God can use you. God can use me. You know why? Because God uses people. And who are we as God's people? We are empowered people because we are empowered by God. That's what Acts 1-8 is all about. We are empowered people, empowered by God. So as you're living your new normal out this morning, I want you to remember that. We're empowered people, empowered by God. We're witnesses for Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And notice the scope of our witness. Acts 1-8 says this, he says, you'll be receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you. You'll be witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Look at that scope of our witness. We are going to be witnesses everywhere we go. There's a promise that's tucked away in the Gospels that I really love. And it comes in John chapter 14 and verse 12. See, in John chapter 14 and through John chapter 16 is what we call the farewell discourse. It's where Jesus is really sitting the disciples down and he's reminding them he's going to Jerusalem. He's going to be betrayed. He's going to be crucified. On the third day, he will rise again. But in those chapters, he's assuring them of the promise of the Father that the Holy Spirit is going to be their helper and he's going to come. And I want you to listen to John chapter 14 and verse 12. Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works I do and greater works than these he will do because I'm going to my father. Do you see what Jesus said? We as witnesses, empowered people, empowered by God, are going to do greater works than Jesus. Now, that doesn't mean in power, we're created Jesus, but in extent of our ministry. The extent of our ministry is greater than his ministry, is what he's saying. See, Jesus only traveled close to about 200 miles outside of his hometown. But right now, God has equipped each one of us to be able to take the gospel to our neighbors and to the nations. We have that equipping today. I love what Johnny Hunt once said. He's a great pastor. He said, God's people are to be channels of God's blessings, not holding tanks. God's people are to be channels of God's blessings, not holding tanks. So you and I have this mission, this purpose to take the gospel everywhere we go. And I want to say thank you right now. I'm, I'm very proud of you guys. I mean, I'm I'm hearing all kinds of stories. You guys are texting me, emailing me. I'm seeing things on Facebook where I'm just like, thank you, God, for, for, for this church, for these people. See, I'm getting messages every week. Every week we've done this. This is our sixth week having to be online. Every week I'm hearing stories of, man, I invited this person. They watched. 
I've been trying to invite this person on campus and they've never come to this event, but they, they watched the live stream this past week. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for inviting people. You know, this uh, past Easter, I saw on Facebook, a family went and egged their neighbor's house. Now, I know that could sound really bad, but it was really neat what they did. So they spread eggs out in their yard and uh, did it in a couple of neighbors' yards so their kids could have like a little Easter egg hunt. The family stood there and prayed in the yards of their neighbors. We got a story in from another family this past week. Their teenagers baked goods and brownies for their friends and they went and delivered them to them. I'm hearing stories of how many of you through the yet mentoring program in the school district are still staying in touch with your mentors during this point. Our men's ministry is still going strong and, and Sonny had an opportunity to baptize two new men in the faith this past week. I mean, we're seeing people passing out food to their friends, to neighbors. I'm hearing stories of how you're helping out neighbors and each other with things like toilet paper and cleaning supplies and just simply checking on each other. You guys are doing a great job being a witness for Jesus Christ. And I want to thank you for your giving. In the month of March, your giving was outstanding. I was just absolutely blown away in your faithfulness in giving. And you know, that giving right now is so important. Because not only does it help us as a church to continue to function and minister now and in the future, but remember, your giving helps mission agencies. And right now, we are still funding those mission agencies like our budget uh, encourages us to do, like we said as a church we want to do this year. We've not backed off of funding any outside source of mission agencies that we would. No, I've said, no, we're going to be committed to that. We're going to continue to fund those international missions. We're going to continue to fund those church planners. So as you're giving, we're able to still help international missionaries. Many of you know the Roberts family serving in Asia. Your giving right now is making a difference in their ministry. We know our friends up in Paraland, Chris Clemens and the Way of Life Church. Your giving is helping to continue to go to a, a new church that's making a difference just right up the street from us. Thank you for that I want you to see that we are empowered people, empowered by God, that God empowers us. He gives us an identity in Jesus. He gives us a purpose in Jesus. He gives us a ministry and an extent. And right now you are doing a phenomenal job with that. But I know it's hard. I know it's hard. Because we're in a new normal. And it's struggling right now. And for many of us, we're still hurting, we're worried, we're anxious, we want it all to be over. I was thinking about it the other day, I was just praying, I was like, God, this feels like a bad dream right now, I mean, wake me up from it. But here's the thing about a new normal. You're not going to get January back. You're not going to get the way of February back. Things have radically changed overnight in our culture. You know, if you think about 9-11, 9-11 changed the way we travel, still changes the way we travel today. COVID-19 is going to now change the way we gather in public. It's going to change the way we see each other out in public, what we do, how we feel about groups of people. And sure, some things may ease over time, but understand that as we transition back here on campus, it's not going to be like it was in January and February. We're going to have to make some adjustments. 
We're going to have to ease back in to being here on campus together. But here's what I want you to understand. That even though things are not going to always be the same like they were, the gospel's going to still go out because you're going to do that. We're going to still partner together to do what God empowers us to do because we are empowered people, empowered by God. And, and here, I love this quote I read uh, recently, is that crisis creates the opportunity for innovation. Don't you love that? Crisis creates the opportunity for innovation. And so that means this. As a church, you have been doing a phenomenal job. As a staff, our staff has been doing a phenomenal job. I was telling Pastor Matt this the other day in a conversation we had. I said, right now, I don't feel like our church is limping along at all. I feel like we are going and we're making a difference. And you're doing that. Thank you. Thank you. And remember, you're an empowered person, empowered by God. And so even though things are going to be a little different in our church, I want you to remember this. Your identity in Jesus is still the same. Even though things are going to be a little different at church, your power in Jesus is still the same. The mission in Jesus is still the same. Our purpose is still the same. We're empowered people, empowered by God. You know, when I read this text, I also see something else about God that I love. He's a God that keeps his promises. He promised the Holy Spirit would come, and he did. He promises you power, and he gave it to you. He promises that you'll be a witness, and you are. He promises that the gospel would go forth. It did, and it has. But as we end this morning, I want to go over two other promises that God makes in his word. The first promise is this. If you say yes to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Bible says you'll be saved. John chapter 1 and verse 12 says this, For as many that did receive him and believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. See, the Bible says you need to believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You need to receive him. You need to say yes to him. And when you believe and you receive, then you become a child of God. That's a promise that God gives you. There's also another promise. That if you say no to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that when you die because of the eternal death that you've earned because of your sin, you'll be forever separated from him. Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says these words in verse 23. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Friends, I, I believe right now hell is real. And I believe heaven's real. And if I could pull a chair right up next to you in your living room or wherever you're watching this, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to encourage you right now to say yes to him, to become a child of God. Believe and receive. Say yes to Christ. So I'm going to ask all of us to pray. And let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Just right where you are, bow your heads there in your living room or uh, wherever you're watching this, on your iPad, phone, computer, TV, just go to the Lord in prayer. And for many of you this morning, thank God, praise Him that even in this new normal, He's empowered you to be a person of God. He's chosen you in that salvation. Praise Him for that. Maybe spend a moment praying for someone else that you know in, in your life that needs prayer. Pray through a situation you have. You spend time 
praying to God right where you are. But let me address those that right now need to say yes to Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Romans ten thirteen, forever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So right now where you are, just simply pray in your own way. Jesus, I want to say yes to you. I want to be a follower of you. God's going to hear your prayer. God knows your heart. God has already been calling and working and inviting you. And all he's waiting for is that yes. So just simply say, Jesus, yes, I'm ready to follow you. Father God, I want to thank you for this passage of Scripture. A great reminder that we are empowered people, empowered by God. Father, I thank you for the prayers that are being prayed in homes right now for neighbors and for the nations. I want to thank you, God, for the salvation we have in Christ, our identity being in Jesus, our purpose being in Jesus. And Father, I want to thank you for those that are watching right now who have said yes to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Lord, you know our hearts, our anxieties, our worries, our desires. And so, Father, we're waiting on you to answer those prayers. Lord, thank you for your love for us. We pray in Christ's name. Amen and amen. This morning, if you said yes to Jesus Christ, we desperately and and longingly want to follow up with you. And the reason is, is because as believers in Christ, we let others know what we've done. And we want to celebrate that with you as a church. We want to answer questions you might have, talk to you about your next step of faith. So here's how you can communicate if you said yes to Jesus. You go to heightschurch.org slash decision. And when you go there, we're going to simply ask for your name and email and phone number, and we'll be in contact with you. Or in the post here, there's a link called decision you can click that link and it's going to take you to that same page where we can ask for that information and if you said yes to jesus christ this morning let us know again if you've joined us uh, for the first time maybe you hopped in in the middle of the of the stream here uh, we'd love to connect with you go to heightschurch.org slash connect and we would love uh, for you just to give us our your name and phone number and email address so we can connect with you You know, tomorrow night, uh, Monday night, we want to invite you over to our house. We're going to invite you over to our house digitally, though. Uh, Please don't actually show up to the physical location of our house, but we're going to invite you into our house Monday night, 7 o'clock, here on the Heights Baptist Facebook page. My wife and I are going to be live from our house And what we're going to intend to do is just share a few things that we've been doing to help us during this time that hopefully will encourage you. And then we're going to have some fun with you. We want you to ask whatever questions you want to ask. All questions will be received. I can't promise all are going to be answered. But you can ask whatever you want to ask, whether it's something serious, whether it's something silly. So join us Facebook Live on Monday from our house. And I'm going to tell you, we're going to be live. So that means if the dog barks, the doorbell rings, somebody starts crying, I don't know what's going to go on. It'll be a blast. We love to be able to connect with you in that way. Also, uh, coming up in April, April 26th, a Sunday night at 6.30, we're going to have a church-wide Zoom prayer meeting. You know, this is a time as the people of God to continue to pray. And so here's what I need you to do. We need you to register if you'd like to take place in that prayer meeting. 
The reason being is we cannot publish that link out publicly. We need to keep that meeting secure. And so what will happen is you can go to heightschurch.org slash register. Uh, You just let us know you'd like to do it. Name, email address, then I will email you a link uh, to that prayer meeting. But you can register that way at the website, heightschurch.org slash register. And we would love for you to participate in that prayer meeting as we come together uh, to pray as the people of God, April 26, 630. And finally, again, thank you so much for your faithful giving. Uh, God is using that and blessing that. I'm so proud of you in that way. There's three ways that you can continually give right now uh, through our website, heightschurch.org slash give. Or you can go to the uh, P.O. box uh, and mail the address or mail your tithe or your giving uh, to the address on the screen. Uh, Or come to the office Monday and Thursdays from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. and you can drop it off there. So again, thank you so much this week for watching. Thank you as always for sharing our service with others. That's a way to be a witness right now by simply clicking a button that says share you get the word of God out to many more people who can hear it and watch it. So God bless. Have a great week. Looking forward to being back with you next week as we remember again who we are as the people of God in our new normal. All right, have a great week.